For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Two here on Thursday morning, 508-996-0500. I was trying to just let the intro run a little bit longer because the truck's about to pull out here. Uh, so we will take more of your phone calls this hour. We'll take more of your app chat messages on the WBSM app, more of your open line voicemail messages. And uh, I was mentioning earlier in the last hour, I talked about the preliminary election in New Bedford. And Jack Blaine has a really interesting column at newbedfordlight.org where he looks at Shane Burgos' performance. We talked a little bit about that yesterday morning, that I was kind of surprised that Councillor Burgo finished second in the voting for the at-large position behind Councillor Abreu. I mean, Ian Abreu has been the top vote-getter for the last couple of elections, so not a surprise there. But I was surprised that uh, Councillor Burgo had such a strong showing and not anything against him but just because of the fact that he has so many who are opposed to the idea of rent stabilization at least that have been vocal about it you know here on the radio and in some of the news reporting about it so i would have thought maybe there would have been a bit of an organized effort because if you if you want to bump somebody off the final ballot you can do that in the preliminary as you saw by those numbers, uh, again, we were talking about 4,000 and change of people voting. It's not that hard to organize enough people to go out and vote down the person that you don't want to have make it through to the final ballot. But instead, he is the second most, second highest vote getter on that ballot. So uh, as Jack writes in his piece, you know, that shows that despite what you might be hearing, the citizens of New Bedford might like the idea of rent stabilization more than the people who have been vocal about the issue. So that'll be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. And we'll see how that shakes out in the general election. Does he still get the second most votes in the general election? Because I, I still think that Councilor Abreu will be the top vote getter. The constituent services that he does, the visibility that he has, uh, he generally stays out of, you know, any of the bickering and, and controversy that may happen that might, make people say, oh, that person's just, you know, 
They, they can't work with other people. They're just being an obstructionist. So I think any of that stuff kind of doesn't fall on him. And people look at him as someone who will be there when they, when they have a problem. So I think it's going to be hard to top that. But we'll see how it shakes out. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Morning, Timothy. Oh, you're using my full name. Am I in trouble? <laughs> yeah, you're in trouble. Um, so your, your last segment, your last hour, uh, your last caller, John, who I get confused with a lot on, on this station, uh, was bringing up a lot of stuff that's kind of in, in my interest uh, wheelhouse. And you talk about gas prices, economics, inflation. Uh, I used to be where he is, where he politicizes the economy. And this was years ago. This is going back to like George W. Bush. I blamed him for for five dollar gas back in back in oh four oh five. Um, but back in two thousand eight, when uh, the big housing crisis happened, we had that massive recession. I started getting really interested in in economics and, and trying to figure out what happened or why things happened a certain way. And it depoliticized depoliticized my my economic views. So I started listening to, to global business leaders, the CFOs and CEOs on uh, stations like, like Bloomberg, and I've read the Wall Street Journal and stuff like that. So my, my politics have kind of been erased from that, um, that whole kind of subject line. In regards to that, John was talking about food inflation and, and inflation in general. And, and one of the things that uh, a lot of people need to realize, one, inflation right now is a global issue. Uh, food inflation especially, um, we see that in the U.K., we see that in Germany. They're, they're up by 10%. And one thing that you said, uh, Tim, that was like a little off was waiting for prices to go down. Prices don't go down. So the 10% inflation that we saw over the last, like, like last year or, or the year before, that's baked in. That never goes down. We, we will never see prices back down to levels that we were 10 years ago because that's deflationary and when we have deflation that's actually worse for the economy no, than inflation but, but the six dollar dozen does, you know the six dollar dozen of eggs went back down to three dollars correct and, and that had nothing to do with uh monetary inflation that had to do with supply inflation in regards to the bird flu so we had to kill like 10 million chickens in the united states uh, so when you kill 10 million chickens that's obviously less less eggs and and that causes a huge spike in, in your uh, your particular egg product, your egg inflation. It wasn't broad-based food inflation. So you're, you're never going to see broad-based, uh, what they call consumer price index. You're never going to see that coming down. Uh, that 10% that we saw due to the pandemic and everything in, in supply chains, that's baked in for the for the foreseeable future. We're never going to get it back. That's just like we never, we're never going to see prices of, of gas. Like he, he brought up gasoline and oil prices. Um, one thing that he, he needs to realize and a lot of people need to realize we're actually producing America, not on federal land, by the way, America is producing more oil at this moment in time than any time in our history, 13 million barrels of oil a day that matches one month, uh, where we, we actually crested that during the, uh, just before the pandemic under, under Donald Trump. Uh, we, we reached that pinnacle at that point, and then it obviously dropped off due to demand, right? So so we reached that point. We're going to ex- – we're exceeding daily production now of oil 
ever in the history of the United States. We're actually beating individual OPEC countries. So Saudi Arabia, we're beating them in oil production. We're beating China in oil production. Well, uh, Russia in oil production. All these big countries, we're beating them. And, uh, and, and I'm going to say this because uh, it has zero to do with the president. The, the president has almost no influence on the, on the economy. If you're going to blame or credit anybody in regards to the economy, you need to credit and blame the Federal Reserve. It has nothing to do with the president. You know, the, the interest rates, you know, whether or not you, you can afford certain things or, or your inflation rate goes up or down, that has everything to do with uh, the Federal Reserve and their interest rate policies right now. So when it comes down to, to the economy, uh, I know Biden likes to try and credit the, the, the numbers that, uh, that are coming out with, you know, job production and has nothing to do with him. Has zero to do with him. Has everything to do because we're such a global economy. We are tied to China. We're tied to the to Europe more than any any other time in our history. So if they're doing good, <clears throat> we're going to do good. And the same thing goes for us. If we're going to do good, they're going to do good. But the bottom line is, uh, your gas prices. That the fact that they're going up has nothing to do with with Joe Biden's energy policy. It has everything to do with the global market. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you for the call. Hey, by the way, I should ask you too. Yeah. Do you have a name that you want to go by for the callers? I mean, I know your name, but do you want to do you want to share it with give a name to the callers? Yeah, you can RJ. RJ is good. Or the other John. That's fine too. All right. Real John. Maybe RJ would be real John, and, <laughs> and the other guy's the fake John. We can well, call him that. <laughs> there you go. So now, now the listeners know that you are two different people. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you sound the same. So I. I don't know why people get you confused, but you're right. Oh, people funny. do get you confused. It's funny. Yeah, the the other show, Marcus, Marcus and Chris, they get me confused all the time. It's it's fabulous. I don't even call into. I'll call into the afternoon show because that that's that's almost a pointless, hopeless cause. I call into Marcus and and Chris because that's that's an excellent show. I love their show. Uh, they bring on bring on really good guests like Congressman Keating and and your local local guys, and you learn a lot. Uh, so. They get me confused all the time with John. Usually, and it's funny because I usually call right after or right before John. So it's like we're in sync. You know? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. One fuels the other for sure. All right. Well, thank you for the call, RJ. Right, Have a good care. one. And uh, there you go. So, uh, and, and again, I will start asking callers. I keep forgetting to, but if, you know, if you're a regular caller and there's something you would like to identify yourself as, you know, the first time, don't do it every time you call. But, you know, you can say this is, you know, Joe in New Bedford. You know, just so that people can get to know who you are, because we are going to have that listener meetup, I promise. Um, I, I kept a couple of dates open in October, a couple of nights open where I don't have to go out and go to a library. And I kind of circled those as potential dates. And we're just trying to find a place that will work with. So, and if we have to push it off into, you know, early November, we will do that. I just don't want to wait till too long into the winter time when it gets dark early and people don't want to stay out late, but we're not going to do it late either. I'm looking for something like 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. So you can maybe have a bite to eat, have a drink, uh, but then also, you know, not have to have it be your entire night. And mainly because I get up early and we want Ariel to be able to go and she gets up early. And, you know, so we'll, we'll try and see what we can do. Maybe we can get Taylor to stop by on his way home or after he gets out of work, although he usually doesn't get home until after this event would be over anyway, but you know, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll push it till nine just so that Taylor can make an appearance if he, if he gets home in time. But uh, we are working on that. 
508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Yes, Tim. Yes. If I could, I'll remind people in Fairhaven, Saturday morning, 9 o'clock, we'll be standing out in front of their uh, Seaport Inn in Fairhaven to express our concern over the trucking in and the dumping of illegal aliens into our town. Well, if everybody could attend, I appreciate that. Join me down there at nine o'clock Saturday morning, rain or shine. Have you have you heard from folks that plan on coming out? Do you have a rough idea of how many people might be planning on coming down? No, I don't. But uh, I've been getting a lot of people asking me what time it is, uh, whether they're going to show up or not. I don't know. Uh, but um, even surrounding towns, if you could uh, show up, because it does concern surrounding towns with. Uh, even if you don't have hotels or motels. But uh, we, we would like to see even the selectmen show up and give, a, give us some backing. Uh, who's concerned? We would like to see the selectmen in town or the town administrator put a cap on how many they can bring in. Uh, we'll, we'll go along with what we have here now, but let's put a cap on it before it becomes, you know, uh, 24 uh, rooms being opened up to these people, and then uh, Hampton Inn as well, uh, and that would overwhelm the the uh, town. Are you, are, well, I mean, I don't know how it would overwhelm the town, but are you familiar with the um, the release that the town administrator put out yesterday? Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. In fact, I would think it was put out the day before yesterday. But yeah, I mean, they're doing everything they can. I mean, whatever that means. But uh, you know, this is a slick move on the governor to uh, state, uh, you know put this out of the state of emergency just in order for them to get these people into these places. And then the concern comes back again. What happens when the money runs out? Who takes care of these people? Where do they go? Uh, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. Well, in, so, in, in this release that was, that was put out yesterday, um, they mentioned that there's a need for, for diapers, for baby wipes, toiletries, formula, feminine products, paper products like plates, napkins, and utensils, and uh, winter clothing may be needed as well. So I think it would be a nice gesture if anybody that comes down to stand outside and, 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 and show support against uh, this policy, you know, bring some of these items down to show that you're not against these people, you're against the policy. Right. I, I appreciate that, Tim. Uh but on the other hand, these people get all this stuff for nothing. Uh, in regards to uh, Trucker John's point, maybe you should get a ticket, go to Mexico, come back in through the border. You'll get free food, free lodging, uh, free health care. You know, this is this is what gets me. I mean, people are just dishing out money. They're asking for money in uh, churches to, to help these people. But then they get all the free money plus $2,200 a month or whatever they give them uh, a week or I don't know what it is, but you know, they're getting, well, you know what, can I, can I just make a suggestion? I don't, I don't, I don't mean this in a, in a negative way, but maybe you should know what it is before you're going to stand out there and be against it. Yeah, I, I understand that. I just don't know that for a fact right now. Uh, so, you know, I, I can't, it it, it, it sounds to me like you're, you're, you're pushing for this based on emotion and not based on fact. And I just want to make sure that you have fact before you stand out there and, and protest this. That's all. Well, it, it, that, that, that's not the point that I brought up. My concern is with the town, bringing these people into the town, the burden that's going to be put on the town. If crime goes up with these people like it has in Taunton and in Dartmouth, and they're trying to put them down the Cape, 
I mean, that is my concern. You know, you can take all the money in the politics, you know, and go somewhere else with it. But my concern is with this town right now. People have to come out and, and try to put a cap on this because once you let it happen, it's out of hand. You're not going to be able to do anything about it. All right. Thank you for the call. Thank you. Have a good day. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hi, Tim. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Jim, you know what? It's not just behaving. You know what? They got them in Dartmouth. They've been, they're, they're, they're all over the place. So it's, you know, it's a town of behaving. Just don't want them there. You know what I mean? And I felt bad yesterday because I went into an ATM to get money out of my bank. Okay, and you had three. I had three of them inside the ATM machine. They were they were standing there with no car. So I, I I just stopped and I said, Oh, it's okay. Take your time. You know what I mean? Because I knew they were having a problem. You know. So they they didn't, uh, you know, these people are just getting dumped off, and they're not being told anything. They don't even know where Walmart is. You know what I mean? How to tell them where Walmart was. You know what I mean? But I said to him, I said, are you having trouble with the ATM? And he says, yeah. I said, well, what kind of problems are you having? You know, like, if I can help you out, I will. So he said, uh, the, the bank won't take my card. And I looked at the card, and I said, this is an EBT card. You can get cash on it, but probably not through an ATM, you know? I said, go over to Walmart. They might be able to help you over there on how you can get cash with, with uh, the EBT because I'm not familiar with that at all, you know? Yeah, I, so didn't, I, did, I didn't know you could get cash on it. Yeah, you can get cash on, on, on EBT. They, I don't know if it's, uh, how it works. I've never been on EBT, you know what I mean? But I said, go over to Walmart and they might be able to help you over there. But I did feel bad because they're dumping these people off at these hotels and they're giving them EBT cards and they don't know what to do with them, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, I know that they're trying to have some programs that will give them that kind of assistance, you know, be able to give them rides to be able to get over to Walmart and all that kind of stuff. But I get a lot of that stuff is falling on these nonprofit organizations to come in and help. And if they've got to focus all their efforts on, say, Dartmouth, you know, they might not have the manpower to be able to also bring some people over to Fairhaven. Well, it's not, it's, like I said, it's not just Fairhaven, you know what I mean? Because they're, they're bringing them over, over to the residents in in Dartmouth, too. So it's not, you know... You can protest all you want, you know what I mean? There's nothing going to do about it. Right. And, and, and it, 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 is, it is what it is, you know? I mean, these are the same, you know, the, the same folks, I'm sure, that were complaining during the pandemic that the state was killing small businesses. This is a private agreement between the state and a business. It has nothing to do with the town officials. In fact, if you if you read between the lines and some of these releases that are coming out from the towns, the towns are saying without saying as much, hey, our hands are tied. There's nothing we can do. And like in this release yesterday, uh, the town administrator for the town of Fairhaven mentions in this release that because of Massachusetts being a right to shelter state, they don't have a choice in doing this. So it's that's right. It's it's they're they're kind of giving you those little hints that like, hey, we don't really like this plan either, but we just have to do it. And well, so you can to, you can complain and protest to the town all you want, but their their hands are tied. They came over to Somerset. They came over to Swansea. They were coming over to Dartmouth, and they're going to behave so. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for the call. You have a good have day. Have a good day. Bye-bye now. And let me squeeze in one more here before we go to the news. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Morning, Tim. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing all right? Uh, uh, good. Um, I'm thinking of saying, oh, yeah, uh, I'm going to get some things together and donate it. I think this is ridiculous, especially Fairhaven. I mean, you're not the only town that people are going to. 
They're making a real big deal out of it. I didn't hear all the other towns making a big deal out of it like that. Um, I, have, been, I have relatives over there. There's been reports about it in Middleborough and in Wareham and in Somerset. Um, I haven't heard much uh, in, in terms of Dartmouth, in terms of people complaining about it. But um, if, So yeah. if you're planning on making do a donation for the yeah. folks in Fairhaven? Yeah, especially, no, well, anywhere. Well, I, mean, I, would, I just want to point out, because according to this release, they're saying that um, anybody who wants to donate or drop off items can do so at the Fairhaven Fire Department okay. uh, any day, seven days a week, yeah. between 8 a.m. and 4 p.m. Okay, good, good. You know, especially for the little kids. You know, I feel bad for the little kids, too, and um, like you said, diapers and all that stuff, but even little toys and things. I think my, my nephews have so many, so many toys that, they don't even play with anymore. They, they were, like, practically new. They might want to donate, too. They're only little, but they don't freaking tear them away from them. But, <laughs> but um, anyway. Well, sounds, uh, well. Sounds, like, sounds like a good idea to me. And, and, and again, you know, obviously, you know, we're, we're hearing from callers that are saying, well, these aren't families that are over there. These are, you know, single military-age adults. But if that's the case, then why, why do they need baby formula and diapers and a lot of baby, baby wipes a lot and all that? Kids, yeah. yeah. Poor things, I'm telling you. Well, this is America being ugh. being I, like that makes me sick. People are against it. That's terrible. I just I, I, I just <laughs> hope that when the folks, like I was saying to the caller who is uh, the one kind of organizing the protest, I just hope that yeah. the folks that go down there and are against this understand that you are against the policy and not, not the people. It's not the people's fault. Don't blame no, them. Not. They were just looking to come here. They didn't say, hey, go drop me in Fairhaven, Massachusetts. I'd really like to yeah. stay at the Seaport Inn. And you know what? And they do, and a lot of them like to work. We have a lot over here that right. don't want to work. Right, we have a barrier in their way of, of being able to work right now. Right, but there's a lot of jobs because people over here don't want to work. A lot of them don't. I know a lot that don't. They just want to collect um, unemployment, but... True. Anyway, All right. it is true. Well, All thank right. you for the call. Have a good day. You as Bye -bye. well. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, again, you know, it's not the, the, the and I, when I say they didn't ask them to come to Fairhaven and be dropped at the Seaport Inn, I'm not disparaging the Seaport Inn in any way. I'm just saying they didn't, like, circle a map and say, yeah, I want to go there. I'd like to stay at the Seaport Inn because I want to wake up every day and have a nice ocean view and be able to, you know, walk down the street and get some nice breakfast and all that. No, they just, they were put where the state put them. And they weren't, they're not the ones that made the agreement between the state and the lodging facility. Now, this story that you've heard Ariel mention in the news with Ron DeSantis, you know, criticizing Massachusetts for what happened with the room reservations for the Army-Navy game. They're trying to, to make good on that. But I think what you're really seeing there is bottom line. From a business perspective, hotels said, well, we've got a guaranteed booking versus somebody that, you know, hasn't paid for their room yet. Because uh, the stories that I've seen, it hasn't been, hasn't mentioned that people made actual deposits. It just said people made room reservations. I made room reservations lots of times and shown up and they didn't have my room ready for me. That they didn't have a room for me. And then I fight and I say, hey, I had a reservation. And they say, well, we'll see if we can put you somewhere else. So anyway, we can talk more about that. 508-996-0500. Right now, though, it is time to get all of the headlines of the day from Ariel Dorsey in the WBSN Newsroom. 
Funeral services for the late U.S. Senator Dianne Feinstein will take place in San Francisco today. The private service will be held this afternoon, and the service was initially going to be open to the public, but due to increased security in the area, only invited guests are now allowed. House Republicans are scram- scrambling to find a new speaker after Kevin McCarthy was voted out of the role this week. Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan and House Majority Leader Steve Scalise of Louisiana both launched their bids on Wednesday. Oklahoma Congressman Kevin Hearn is also considered to be a likely contender. The House is currently on recess and a speaker election is set for next Wednesday. Hundreds of Michigan Ford workers are being told not to report to work today due to the UAW strike. Ford says the layoffs are for 350 employees at the Lavagna Transmission Plant and 50 workers at the Sterling Axle Plant. Those factories make parts for the Chicago Assembly Plant, which was included in the UAW strike expansion last Friday. Morgan State University in Baltimore is canceling most of its homecoming week activities following Tuesday night's shooting that left five young people wounded. Morgan State President David Wilson said last night that the homecoming concert, a pep rally, a parade, and a volleyball match are all being canceled. No arrests have been made yet in the shooting. Detroit's Motown Museum is expanding. In a private event for donors yesterday, museum chairwoman and CEO Robin Terry said the museum's Motown experience will take visitors back in time using classic photos from the 1960s and 1970s. The second exhibit is called the Backstage Lounge and will feature music and interviews with Motown artists. In sports, the Patriots are bringing a familiar face back into the fold. New England is acquiring cornerback J.C. Jackson from the Los Angeles Chargers. The Pats are sending a 2025 sixth-round pick to Los Angeles, who is sending Jackson and a 2025 seventh-rounder to New England. The acquisition comes on the heels of rookie corner Christian Gonzalez being diagnosed with a torn labrum. The Pats are hosting the New Orleans Saints on Sunday. And the Bruins put the finishing touches on their exhibition schedule tonight. Boston is hoping to snap its four-game skid when it visits the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden. Now let's take a look at your local forecast. Areas of fog this morning. Visibility one quarter mile or less. The fog will burn off to partly sunny skies, then clearing. Highs in the upper 70s. Tonight, partly cloudy in the evening, then mostly cloudy with a slight chance of showers after midnight. Areas of fog after midnight, lows in the upper 50s. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news station WBSM and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. 1020 WBSM, as crystal clear as FM. Stream us on the WBSM app.
song is Your Woman by White Town, which came out in 1997 and was a pretty big hit at the time. Great song. Love that song. But that has a sample in it that people thought for years, or at least you know, people of my generation, were like, oh, that samples the Imperial March from Star Wars. Dun, 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 dun. But it's not. It actually comes from a song that was recorded in 1932 by Lou Stone. Uh, Lou Stone had a band. Uh, what was the name of his band? Uh, the Monsignor Band. Lou Stone and the Monsignor Band. Uh, they recorded that song called Your Woman. I'm sorry, My Woman. I got it confused with the H-Town one. My Woman. White Town, not H-Town. H-Town was knocking the boots. Anyway, I'm getting all confused in my musical references here. My Woman was the song by Lou Stone and the Monse- and his Monsignor Band. And it was written by none other than Bing Crosby. Now, he's listed under his given name of Harry Crosby on the writing credits, but it was Bing Crosby that wrote My Woman. And the vocalist on that song, their version, which I'm going to play for you right now. Here, check this out. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me let me turn off the White Town first. Like when I try to give you a music lesson and I screw it all up. Your band with Al Bowley is the vocalist on this. There's a lot of musical here, so let's get a let's get into the singing. Lying when she says I love you, I know it, but what am I to do? Though she makes me cry, I don't care for I love her. Once I laughed and love thought it all wrong. Al Bowley was one of the great voices of his generation. But anyway, so that song was sampled for White Town's Your Woman. And then it was also sampled recently uh, by Dua Lipa for Love Again. And I'm there's still some discussion as did she sample Blue Stone slash Al Bowley or did she sample White Town? Anyway, that's my music lesson for the day. Uh, Herb in New Bedford sends in an app chat message. Morning, Tim. Do you know if the hotel motel on Hathaway Road in New Bedford is taking in illegals? Thanks. Um, I haven't heard anything about any lodging facility in New Bedford taking in any migrants. Um, and I think, you know, if it did, if, if, if one of them did, you would see the same thing. You would see the city put out that information. Um, and I, so I haven't heard anything about it. It doesn't mean that, you know, folks that are coming here from somewhere else can't go there and and rent a room. But I don't think that the state has gone in and leased any rooms from the facility for that. And so uh, that's the difference here is you might have folks that are coming in and have their own money. You might have folks that are coming in that have the ability to work, that are okay to work. And might be able to stay, but that, that doesn't mean that they're there under a state-sponsored, state-paid-for, taxpayer-dollar-paid-for program. Uh, and then Bags in New Bedford says, is it still true that rent stabilization doesn't mean rent control? Well, according to the way that 
uh, Councillor Burgo has explained what he would envision for it, there would be a difference. Uh, I think that for some folks, it doesn't matter that having any kind of restriction on rent is rent control to them. But um, Councillor Burgo talked about there being, you know, the ability for the landlord to have some potentials, potential opportunities to raise that. It's not like it's going to be a hard, you know, let's just say $1,000 a month for a two-bedroom. That's it. You can't go any more than that. It was just limiting how much they can raise it from one year to another. So the idea wasn't necessarily to keep, again, going back to the way he explained it, I don't know if the way that they've looked into it has changed because they didn't really have a plan when they first started talking about it. But could it be an evolving thing, I'm sure, as they're having conversations with renters, with landlords, hopefully, as they're going forward with this idea. But the discussion was that it could be um, something that would prevent someone from saying, hey, you know what, I've been charging you $1,000 a month, but I realize that most better, most uh, apartments this size are actually going for 1800 So starting next month, when your new lease kicks in, it's going to be $1,800 a month. And now all of a sudden, you're you're basically just saw your rent doubled. That's what they're trying to avoid. They're not trying to avoid the 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 landlord that is charging a thousand dollars a month and wants to go up to twelve hundred on the next lease. There was just percentages involved of what would be how much you could raise it from one year to the next. Which I think that that's a fair thing to look at. I don't really love putting in restrictive practices like that. But at the same time, I think that we are seeing too much of, and Council Burgo has been pretty um, transparent about that. He, he doesn't think it's the mom and pop landlords. It isn't the average person that bought a home and is uh, using that as rental income money. It's, it's, and people that live in the city and care about the properties. It's these corporations that are buying these places up from the people who give them up for whatever reason and are just running this disconnected from the community. So the and a lot of these are the same kind of landlords that you complain about as being these absentee landlords that don't put any pride in their properties, don't care who they let move in. I don't, you know, I don't I don't think that the gang members that are getting apartments rented to them are really concerned about, you know, necessarily what they're paying for rent. They're, they're, they're not looking for rent control, rent stabilization. So when they double these places, double the rents, and that's who's paying for it, and that's who these people are that are renting to them, you know, you know that they're not connected because if they were, they wouldn't want to be renting to gang members. Just, you know, using that as one example. So I think that you will see more discussion about it and more of the explanation of what that plan might be as these conversations are happening, as these forums are happening. But I think it was such an abstract idea at first that people really didn't see the difference between the two. And you might still not. I mean, if you're against any kind of regulation of the rent, then you look at it all under that banner of rent control. But they're not, Councilor Burgo's suggestion was not the straight up rent control that you've heard about pitched in other places where, you know, this is the max you can charge for this type of apartment. This is the max you can charge for that type of apartment. It would be a little bit more, um, 
flexible than that. 508-996-0500. I do have to take a break. We'll be back in just a few moments. Brannigan, who left us too soon, but uh, left behind a, a great catalog of just songs that when you hear them, you say, oh, God, I love this song. But then you, you don't think about it the rest of the time until you hear it again. That's kind of the, the Laura Brannigan story, I guess. Anyway, 508-996-0500. And coming up this Sunday, the New England Patriots have a pretty decent shot of getting their next win, but who knows what's going to happen? I mean, the Patriots said Mac Jones is their quarterback going forward. Um, will he be on a short leash? Will he have a, will he have a quick hook if he doesn't get things going in the first half of this Sunday's game? Because the Patriots should be able to get on the board, uh, should get another win on the board when they face the New Orleans Saints coming up on Sunday. Uh, the game is here on WBSM at 1 p.m. Pre-game will be at 10 a.m. And you can hear all the action with Bob and Zoe right here on WBSM all season long. Brought to you by Shooting Supply, Primacare, and D&J Enterprises. So, uh, as you've heard Ariel reporting in the news, they're bringing back J.C. Jackson. Uh, that's going to help with the defense because the defense has to be ready to carry them through games. They brought back in Bill O'Brien because they thought he could you know, help solidify the offense. Having a real offensive coordinator instead of a, a defensive coordinator trying to coordinate the offense uh, they thought that that would help and it may just I mean we're talking about week five here of the NFL season the Patriots would start this slow I was actually um going back and forth yesterday with Pete Gustin our voice guy talking about the Patriots and you know he he pointed something out he said in the past the Patriots might get off to slow starts but you always had the confidence that they would kind of right the ship when they had Tom Brady but there doesn't feel like there could be a writing of the ship. This feels like this could go down quickly. And, you know, we could be looking at a completely different type of season in November and December. I don't think that'll be the case. I think that we're going to start to see things start to click a little bit more. It's just going to take some time. And it might be, it might be that it takes the whole rest of the season, but they come back stronger for it next year. But I also don't know if Mac Jones is the guy. Give Bailey Zappi more of a chance. Maybe he's not either, but at least then you'll know, and at least then the fans will know. Remember remember all that quarterback controversy talk in 2001? 
like this is a real quarterback controversy when you really don't know if either guy can get the job done the most effectively, and it could be either or. But quarterback controversies are nothing new. There were people that wanted to bench Drew Bledsoe for Michael Bishop, so. Hey, 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. And also, I uh, just want to keep you up to date with everything that's going on at Just Another Phoenix Restaurant. They are still uh, closed down, according to their Facebook page. Uh, they are going to be closed down again. They've actually been updating their hours every day on their Facebook page. So if you're not sure if you're going to be able to get down there, just check out that page. They're doing some maintenance, trying to get some things done. And I'm sure they're trying to get it done in time to have you know the, the weekend. But uh, just for right now, be aware that they are still in maintenance mode. But when they do reopen up, it is October. So you know you're going to get those delicious fall flavors from them. And I was thinking about this last... So I came home last night and I was making... What did I have for dinner last night? Um, I had some... Oh, yeah. I, I made a butternut squash ravioli with this truffle uh, Alfredo sauce. I was looking at the carb count, and I said, you know, I, I think I can pull this off. I think if I have, it's the package of ravioli is a total of 40 grams of carbs. I'm not going to eat the whole package. So if I eat half of them, that's 20. And then I looked, and the whole jar of sauce was 9 grams of carbs. So I'm like, well, I'm only going to put a couple spoonfuls of sauce on top of it. And I made it, and I was eating it. It was very good, and I was thinking... How is it already October 5th and I haven't had any pumpkin foods yet? And that made me start thinking about the pumpkin pancakes at Just Another Phoenix. And this weekend is one that I don't have anything going on in the morning. So I think I'm going to go out to breakfast if they've opened back up and have. I'm going to have the pancake and I'm going to have that bacon, apple, butternut squash hash. If they've got any of that left, I'm going to treat myself to both of those things and then probably not be able to eat all next week because I'll still be so full. Just another Phoenix. Big portions, creative ideas, affordable prices, and it's the place where you can go and not only sit down and dine in the restaurant, but you can go through the drive through window, which, you know, it's going to rain Saturday, right? Why get out of the car if you don't have to? You can get your full breakfast right through the drive through window. Check them out. Just another Phoenix, Fonz Corner Road in North Dartmouth. Got to take my final break of the hour. Uh, and we'll be back in just a few moments. All right, that's going to do it for this hour. We will take more of your phone calls coming up in the next hour, and uh, that'll be at 508-996-0500. If you want to call in and chime in, you can also send in app chat messages and open line voicemails on the WBSM app, and we are happy to let those go in. Uh, DSY in New Bedford, uh, when talking about the migrants, says these people are just trying to survive. Let them be. These people are so mean. And so that's uh, his take on the folks that are against them staying. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.